and welcome to Idiot's Talk History. I'm your host, Matt, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Lorna. Have you ever sounded more sarcastic? No, that wasn't sarcastic. It sounded it. Hello and welcome to Idiot's Talk History. Sounds so ingenuine. (laughs) I don't know how to sound more genuine. Hello, welcome to Idiot's Talk History. I'm your host, Matt, with me as always, Lorna. Hello. She's my co-host. Um... What are we doing? It's, you're, you're doing a report. If you've never listened to the podcast before, one of us, both of us, it does a report on a topic, moment, event, person from history. Try and find things that you might not have heard of, or even if you've heard of them, you might not know a lot about. Mm. Last week we had pigeons in World War One. Don't mm. tell me you've ever heard of that before. That was a good one. Unsung heroes. You. Some of. Oh. No, not but me. Anyway, I you're doing there. the report now. Uh, I like that you said it was a good one, <laughs> one that you did. Well, Very I could, modest. I would say that about yours. I just meant it was a good one because it's 100 years on since the end yes, of the First World fair. War. We did a topic that might not be well known, but we, we stayed within the First World War. Very good. But um, today you've got a, another different topic for us. I'll do one I at have. some point, I promise. Um, Matt's just made me panic though, saying that he's already done this topic before. And I didn't understand how I could make that mistake. Turns you didn't. out I didn't. No, I'm but, that good. Um, Matt's touched on it. Before. I think. I, yeah, I think I touched on it briefly with the Bender family. Family. Which, which was episode. <laughs> Hello, family. Episode fourteen, I think. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just laughing at how funny I am. Um, which you should go and listen to. There was this little story, a little creepy little story. About, um... Creepy. Well, it's... A family. A family who moved west. Called the Benders. Yeah. And maybe people died. Spoilers! Well, people did die. Spoilers. Um, so today, instead, you've got a report on something, like I said, we touched on. Yes. Not really about death, this one, though. Okay. It's about money. You know? Okay. That greed. Mmm, that green stuff. Also green stuff, yeah. I just was on Instagram and saw a post and it was about millennials being like, we need to save the planet from corporate greed. And this is what I was thinking about my pod topic. I um, I got asked at work yesterday, what colour do you think of when you think of money? What did you say? I said green, the colour of money. Well, what did everyone else say? Well, our money in England isn't actually green, is it? So your £5 notes are light blue. Your mm. £50 notes, red. Your £10 and tw- notes. And are like orangey. Not ten pound. No, they're purple. Twenty pound notes. Oh yeah. Ten pound are orangey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I could have said any of those colours, and I would have been correct. Yeah, what, why did you ask that question? What's the context? I can't remember. Some work thing. Anyway, oh, okay. Um, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the money. No, no. What's the <laughs> title of your podcast? The Californian Gold Rush. Okay. Do you know much about it? Thinking about it, um, I know little bits. Um, Come on, tell me what you know. I think I actually watched a film. There's a film that um, isn't out in the UK yet called uh, The Sisters Brothers, um, which came out in America. It's got Joaquin Phoenix and Jake Gyllenhaal and John C. Reilly in and Riz Ahmed. And um, I've got a feeling that that sort of takes place in the wild, not the wild west. The wild, wild west. It's sort of, is it the wild west? It's California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean like... At the time, I it, think it was fairly wild. It was like um, saloons. What do you call it when? What are they like? Frontiermen? Is that what they called? 
Yeah, like the frontier, yeah. The people who, um, the white settlers who moved over from the east and sort of went in, yeah, set up homes, homesteads? I don't really touch Stuff on like that, that at all. And, uh, and yeah, search for gold in uh, in California and other places. The yeah. gold rush. I'm not really explaining that over there, but yeah, I think the film touches on that. Cool. Do you want me to start? Yeah, go on. I'm just rambling about <laughs> other so, things. So, um, the gold rush story in California starts with John Sutter, and he's synonymous with the gold rush in California. He was a Swiss immigrant who fled Europe in the 1830s and left behind piles of unpaid debts. Not a bad a egg, guy. if you ask me. No. Uh, after several years of travelling throughout North America, he finally settled in the tiny outpost of Yerba Buena, which is modern-day San Francisco, and he settled there in 1839. Okay. Uh, with the assistance of the local Mexican government, Sutter quickly realised his goal of establishing an agricultural community on 50,000-acre tract of land he called New Helvetia. Which reminds me of the, uh, the, the font, but it's not Helvetica. Helvetica, yeah. Um, which, so, New Helvetia is Latin for New Switzerland, and this became an important outpost for emigrants travelling to the West. Right. It was during the construction of a sawmill on his land along the American River that one of his employees first discovered the gold nugget that would change the world. So he wants to build this New Switzerland, yeah. and he's building this sawmill to... Support his new Switzerland community. Will he, will he be in debt to this new Switzerland as well? Like he is the old Switzerland. Probably, yeah. Um, so, one of his employees found a gold nugget. On the 24th of January in 1848, James Wilson Marshall was a carpenter from New Jersey and he was working to build the water-powered sawmill. Um, and it was this was on the American River near Coloma, California. And he caught a glimpse of a few gold flakes in the water. So some have said he found a gold nugget. Some have said he found gold flakes. But either way, he found the gold. He found some sort of gold. Yes. So he was thrilled by his discovery. His little nuggy. His nuggy. But um, John Sutter, his employee, employer, mm. um, tried to keep the monumental find a secret. Oh. He... He was initially more interested in keeping control over his property and his developing his little community rather than ah, the gold than rush. The gold, the so he nuggies. he tried to keep it a secret. Um, but shortly after, a San Francisco newspaper reported that large quantities of gold had been discovered at Sutter's mm. Mill. Um, it was a claim that few believed until a storekeeper named Sam Brannan paraded a bottle of Sutter's Creek gold dust through San Francisco. So it was reported in the newspaper. A lot of people didn't believe it. One storekeeper went over and bottled this gold flakes stuff in the river and then paraded it round the town. You get, like, gold-flaked vodka, can't you, I think? Yeah, you can, Smirnoff Gold. There you go. But, there you go. That's my little contribution to it this. It tastes a bit like cinnamony. Um, if you were to put... Could you stick all them gold flakes together, though? Because sometimes I think I'd rather have, like, a gold ring or some jewellery or something than drink it. What do you mean, can you stick them together? So if you've got lots of little flakes... You'd have to, wouldn't you have to you heat them up them? to make them liquid? And, uh, then... and do you think they're too small gold flakes to merge? I don't, I don't know how many gold flakes he's got. I'm imagining corn flakes, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh no, or gold like, flakes are tiny, like fish food. Think I'm fish thinking food. like special K. Okay, no, of... no, think fish food flakes. Yeah, I think... 
I don't know. It's just dust, isn't it? Basically. Yeah, but no. do you think if you drink it, it'll come don't. back out, or then it's in your body? Why? Why did you think that? Why was that question? <laughs> I you had? I'm just wondering. Should I drink this gold? I don't know. Do you not get some You're sort of poisoning from that? You're obviously not the person to ask. Well, you, you won't get poisoning because otherwise they can't sell it. I mean, like drinking it. No, because it's in vodka. You, they won't be able to sell that vodka. Is that actual gold? Yeah. I thought that was just a branding. No, I think it's actual gold. <laughs> oh, one of us is wrong. <laughs> well. Probably me, to be fair. <laughs> I don't um, remember. I'm doubting myself now. Um, we'll move on. Anyway. I'll keep my, my gold queries I've remembered to other things. Oh, go on. Um, is it correct that the, like, obviously, the federal law got involved in terms of... Because there's certain areas where the gold is supposed to be and everyone has a right to go and try and find the gold, something like that. Yeah. So then men leave the families and go to try and find the gold, living in tents and stuff. Yeah. In the sisters, brothers, spoilers, they um, start... They have... They're chasing Riz Ahmed's character because he has this solution, apparently, to pour... He pours this thing into the river and then all the gold flakes, like, illuminate on the bottom of the river. But I don't know what it is because it's... It's really bad for them. Some like they get like burns from it, so it must be some sort of um, chemical. Chemical, or it's a chemical mm. thing. Um, but I'm not sure. I didn't you find don't out find anything, anything about, about that, how sorry. they actually find it. No, no, no. I just, I just took it that they were finding it. Yeah. To be honest, maybe I should have done a bit more research into that. No. Sorry, Look sorry, it listeners. Watch the film. It's out in America. It didn't do very well. I think it earned like three million. Right. It's got, it's got, it's got a good name. It's not got a good name for the film though. It's not. Anyway. It doesn't sound like it'd be that. That film, to me, sounds like something like Pride and Prejudice. My Sister's Keeper. Oh, love that one. So anyway, this guy paraded a bottle of gold dust. Okay. Gold flakes. How's he parading it? He's waving it around like, look, hey. I was like, what's he got? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I need some of that. It's that corporate greed I'm talking about oh, again. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> within months, most of Sutter's workers had abandoned him to search for gold themselves. Um, and thousands of other prospectors overran and destroyed much of his land and equipment. So, in less than six months, the number of miners in the area skyrocketed to 4,000. I know it says six then, but it's four. Okay. Um, the news quickly spread and miners began pouring in from Oregon, Hawaii, Mexico, Peru and even China. Where are the parents? I don't... Oh, miners. Oh, thank, uh... you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I so waited for that one. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Who's right. your favourite prospector? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Mine's Stinky Pete. You know from Toy Story 2? No. <laughs> what? You don't know Toy Story 2? I've seen right, it well, but years ago. Sorry, on the, and this is <laughs> on record. I'm really sorry that I have to say this, but I don't know if we're going to be friends anymore. <laughs> You've never seen Toy Story 2? I have, but years ago. Oh, stinky Pete, joke's lost on you. Gutted. <sighs> It wasn't until December of 1848, really however, when President James K. Polk announced California's abundance of gold to the world in his inaugural address. So that was so James K. K. Polk. Never heard of him. Then I the have, trickle but... of miners into California suddenly turned into a rush. Can you say that again? Because there's nothing in your voice. Um, and also, 
James K. Polk. Just say on the record that we're still okay, friends. Okay, on the record we're still friends. But Even you if should you, say it. If you don't care, I like Toy Story too. <laughs> no, but I shouldn't have to actually one. say that on the record after you just said on the record. I don't know if we're going to be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about James K. Polk? I was saying Toy Story 2 might be better than the first one. And also, um, <laughs> James K. Polk. Not a, not a president that... Is it president? Yeah. Not a president that I uh, think of a lot. <laughs> You know no, I mean? it's not a good name, Paul. It's not one that me. sticks out in my mind. If I had He's to no name, Obama. If I had to name... Actually, Obama let me down, so... Yeah, if I, had to, uh, if I had to name 44 presidents, James K. Polk might be the one I forget. I think he'd be very low the on two, my list. One of the two, I forget. Is it 46? Yeah, I think so. Or 45. I keep forgetting. Um. Yeah, I think I'd struggle to get past 15, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Right, now we're... <laughs> James K. Polk, <laughs> number one. Um, so, James K. Polk made this announcement in his inaugural address that California was a centre of gold and the trickle of miners turned into a rush. So God what miners. was... Yeah, miners rushing into California. Wow. Um, John and Daniel Murphy arrived in the Sierra Nevada in 1848 and struck gold within days. In a year, they mined 1.5 million worth, 1.5 million dollars wow. worth of the precious metal, and which is about 40 million dollars today. Big bucks. Unbelievable. Uh, the town of Murphy's, California, is named after them, and another legendary miner found 17,000 dollars worth of gold in a week. But most didn't have anywhere near that kind of luck. But obviously, if you're hearing them stories, you go in. You go in. You're sieving. You're sieving, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So that was in 1848. 1848 inevitably gave way to 1849. Flipping that. You're learning things on this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> this is relevant. Okay. So became 1849, and that was when the rush of miners really like started building. Okay. Um, reached its, its peak or not? Not reached its peak, mm. but. Some might say it reached its peak because all the miners coming to California then were known as 49ers. Yes, I love it. Oh, that's that song. What song? Mom is bopping her head. I'm not sure. She, she's staying off into it's the distance. It's a song about Clementine. I don't know. I'll sing it for you after. Right. And it says, da, 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 49er and his daughter Clementine. Okay. There we go. 49ers um, also... Um, one of the brands of um, baseball caps you can buy. I have a 49ers one, I think. Oh. I think so, anyway. That's probably from this, though. Yeah, it is from this. So, the gold rush conjures up images of thousands of 49ers heading west in wagons to strike it rich in California. But many of the first prospectors actually arrived on ship and they didn't have a return ticket. So, it's just an interesting part of it. One-way ticket to California. What's this accent? I don't know. Within months, San Francisco's port was filled with boats that had been abandoned after their passengers and crew had headed inland to hunt for gold. As the tiny town began to boom, demand for lumber increased dramatically and the ships were dismantled and sold as construction material. I'm still thinking that these are children, especially Stop when you say it. tiny town. I'm imagining <laughs> all these like all these kids wearing like really big baggy clothes. <laughs> like overalls. Yeah. Um hundreds of houses, banks, saloons, hotels, jails and other structures were built of the abandoned ships. Oh, and cool. others were used as landfill for lots of I don't know. They were used as landfill near the water's edge. Okay. 
Don't know what they were filled with. Um, I like the recycling. Good. I know, but they didn't really have a choice. You're a bit far away over yeah. there. So today, more than 150 years after the gold rush began, archaeologists and preservations continue to find relics, sometimes even entire ships beneath the streets of the city by the bay. That's cool. Which is pretty cool, isn't it? So obviously miners are travelling over. Many left behind families and jobs in pursuit of wealth. So they trekked through the Rocky Mountains. Uh, Some sailed to Panama and journeyed from there and others even charted a course all the way around the tip of South America just to get there. Depends where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, so it's a quicker way though. Probably. Over the course of the year, the non-native population of the California Territory exploded to from approximately 20,000 to more than 100,000. So this was pretty dangerous and strained local infrastructures and municipalities like Obviously, that's in one year, so yeah. Wow. So that's an increase of five. But if you'd set up your little town to support twenty thousand, and all of a sudden you have to times that by five, no way. Five hundred percent. So it was a bit of a struggle. In March eighteen forty eight, there were roughly uh, one hundred and fifty seven thousand people in the California Territory, one hundred and fifty thousand Native Americans, six thousand five hundred of Spanish or Mexican descent known as Californios and fewer than 800 non-native Americans just 20 months later following the massive um influx of settlers the non-native population had soared to more than a hundred thousand from 800 yeah from March 1848 so that was in March so and in, in 20, 20 months, months yeah, it literally soared. went from 800 people to yeah, 100,000. So, so before the gold rush, it seemed that they, it was predominantly Native Americans yeah, yeah. living in the area, and then it just swapped. Mm. Um, most of the men who flocked to Northern California arrived with little more than the clothes on their backs. Once there, they needed to buy food, goods and supplies, and San Francisco's merchants were willing to provide them, but yeah. it was for a cost. Um, so they're stuck in a remote region, far from home. Uh, many coughed up most of their hard-earned money to pay for supplies. So at the height of the boom in 1849, prospectors could expect prices sh- um, to cause a shock. So a single egg could cost the equivalent of $25 in today's money. Wow. Um, coffee went for more than $100 per pound. And replacing a pair of worn-out boots could set you back more than... $2,500. It's like when you get get into an airport, you know what I mean? They've <laughs> got stuck. you, haven't they? They can charge whatever they want. Or yeah. a cinema. Cinema just sneak your sweets in. Airport, also take your sweets in. Don't sneak them in, though. It looks dodgy. Um, what other places are similar to California um, in 1849? They charge exorbitant uh, trains. What? Uh, at a concert. You Concerts, can't go out the venue and you're you. stuck in there. Yeah. We know the feeling is what we're saying. We I've never do. paid $25 for an egg. I don't think I would. I don't like eggs that much. Any tourist traps, you know what I mean? Mm, You're yeah, paying over like the... Disneyland. Disneyland. You're stuck in there. <sighs> Shocking. For the day. Because if you leave, you can't get back in. Yeah. So we know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't pay for an egg. Um, so back to Sutter. Oh, yeah. The guy building the community in New Switzerland. Is, he yeah. was faced with mountain debts. Because um, a lot of his men fleed to become oh. hunters of gold. Um, so he was forced to deed his land to one of his sons. 
and his son used it to create a new settlement called Sacramento. Um, Sutter Senior was furious. He'd hoped the town would be named after him, but he had more pressing concerns. I like the name Sacramento. I really like Sacramento. Was it good? Maybe, no. Oh, right. I'm saying I really like the name of it. Ah. I'd like um, to go to Sacramento. Where is it? Is it not the... Uh, it's, yeah, it's in California. It's near San Fran, isn't it? Or is not that far. where Lady, Lady Bird, Bird was filmed? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. But maybe... I don't know. It looks... I don't know. It's also in Frances Ha as well. She goes back to uh, Sacramento briefly. These but, are two films, yeah, by the film. way. But um. With Greta Gerwig. But they don't... It doesn't... I don't know. It's not like a big touristy place. No, it's just like a place where people town. live. It's like Oldham. Yeah. Oldham is the Sacramento of the Northwest. UK. Okay, of the UK. Um, so, anyway, Sutter was nearly bankrupt and he began a decades-long campaign to have the US government reimburse him for his final... Uh, final? Uh, financial. That's what I mean. Mm. Financial losses. But he was unsuccessful. While thousands became rich off his former land, uh, Sutter retired to Pennsylvania and later died there. Oh, so why was he so important? Why is he the name that is so synonymous Because with, it was it? found on his land. On his land. But he didn't really seem like he wanted anything to do he with it. He did not. He wanted to build New Switzerland. Then mm, he failed. I know. But what can you do, though? Like, the problem is he could shut off his land and say no one's looking for gold on my land but all his miners would just move a bit further along because they're like if there's gold here there's going to yeah. be gold up 500 metres up there or wherever I don't know how much land he's got probably more than that <laughs> but <laughs> um, I want to know I don't really know anything about what happened after or like when it ended I don't really I rush. just give you a brief like people start to leave I guess um, yeah, but I think a lot of them of settled there as yeah. well. So I will discuss what okay. other... Because not everybody came to look for gold. Some people came to look for love. I found him. So, that was Sutter. Back okay. to, obviously, he's, he's gone retiring he's in retiring. Pennsylvania. But back to 1849. When the miners were moving to the west, uh, mining towns began to spring up across the region and they brought with them lawlessness on a historic scale. Violence, gambling, prostitution and gang activity were commonplace, but many towns still prospered thanks to the heavy influx of people and commerce. San Francisco, for example, flourished, establishing itself as the central metropolis of the new frontier. So yeah, but it doesn't sound like a good place. Due to the American banking crisis in the 1830s and 40s, California passed a provincial constitution in 1849 that prohibited the creation of state or commercial banks. So this left banking to private individuals who operated without any government regulations. Does not sound good. These private bankers became extremely powerful and could even change gold into currency. Um, but because of the gold rush... A a government mint opened in 1854. Sorry, 1854. <laughs> Sometimes I, I know, I do. I always struggle with numbers. By the midnight... Uh, there we go, I've just struggled with that one. By the mid-1850s, there were more than 300,000 new arrivals in California and one in every 90 people in the, in the United States was living in California. All of the people and, and the money helped fast-track California to statehood. In 1850, just two years after the US government had purchased the land, California became the 31st state in the Union. I didn't know that. 
But that's because of the gold rush. There's that yeah. many people there. There's that much money. Of course, they'd want that in the EU. Um, the gold rush attracted people from all over the world. I've, said, I've mentioned before. Uh, people came from 31 states and at least 25 countries. By 1850, more than 25% of California's population had been born outside the United States. It's melting pot. You hate that word, don't you? Melting pot. Yeah. <laughs> the phrase. As news of the discovery was slow to reach the East Coast, many of the first immigrants were from South America and Asia. By 1852, more than 25,000 immigrants from China alone had arrived in America, which is a lot. I didn't know that. 25,000. As the amount of available gold began to dwindle, miners increasingly fought one another for profits and anti-immigrant tensions soared. Mm. The government got into action. Um, in 1850, California's legislature passed a foreign miners tax, which levied a monthly fee of $20 on non-citizens, which is the equivalent of more than $500 in today's money. It's crazy, that, isn't it? Ridiculous. The bill was eventually repealed, but was replaced with another in 1852 that expressly singled out Chinese miners, charging them $2, which is £80 a day, $80 a day per $80 month. $80 today. $80 today, yeah. Yeah, so they were charged $2 a, $2 a, a month, month, which is $80 a month. Today. Today's <laughs> money. Yes, sorry everyone, that was hard. <laughs> Uh, violence against foreign miners increased as well. There was rapings, um, beatings, and even murders, which is a shame. But no ethnic group suffered more than California's Native Americans. Before the gold rush, its population roughly numbered 300,000 in the whole of California. Within 20 years, more than 100,000 would be dead. Most died from disease or mining-related accidents, but more than 4,000 were murdered by enraged miners. Which is a shame. This is just the bad side of it. Almost none of the people who flocked to California to make their fortune were women. In 1850, only 3% of California's non-native population was female. In 1852, 92% of the people prospecting for gold were men. Which is a big percentage. The few women who did travel to the West made a living in the growing boom towns, working in restaurants, saloons and hotels that seemingly popped up every day. So there was quite a big business there. Yeah. Um, saloons and theatres put the f few women around on display. They were the so-called model artists, otherwise known as strippers and fancy ladies, who poured drinks and provided companionship at gambling halls. Which is a shame that the only place for women in the gold rushes is for show. Yeah. Some of the women's journals back east so like newspapers, were fearful of the trouble men might get into without the civilising influence of women. So they published stories and ran ads encouraging educated and morally minded young women to travel west to tame these men, which yeah. I also hate. Yeah. Go and tame these men. Oh, uh, few took them up on this offer. I'm not surprised. Yeah. The percentage of women in gold mining communities did eventually increase somewhat, but even in 1860 they numbered fewer than 10,000, so it's just 19%. Gradually wives and family members of the miners arrived, bringing a semblance of civilization to the rowdy west. I think that's what they needed. As the boom continued, more and more men got out of the gold hunting business and began to open businesses catering to newly arrived prospectors. Uh, so some of America's greatest industrialists got their start in the gold rush. Do you know any? 
Um, no, but I do kind of have a point about that. Yes. It's interesting that in this rush for gold, the um, best way to earn money was actually... It's not, not through finding the gold. No, it's through taking the money of people who are trying to find the gold. Yeah, providing it's to provide, services. Yeah, provide them a service that they can't live without yeah. and that they'll pay for. Yeah, that's why I would have moved. Because I'm crafty. What would you be selling? I'm a businessman. Eggs. Apparently they go for $25. Yeah, I know. You'd make a fortune just buy a couple of chickens. Yeah. They would have been better off buying chickens yeah. for me. Do you want me to tell you some of the famous... Yeah, do I know them? You'll know one. Will I think I? you might know some others. Stinky but... Pete. No. Walt Disney. No. Mm, two that. None of them are right. You'll know one and you'll kick yourself. Businessman. You haven't thought of it, okay? Al Capone. No, the first one. Well, well, is this the one? No. Okay, go on. It's the last one. So Philip Armour um, later found a meatpacking empire in Chicago, but he made a fortune operating the sluices that controlled the flow of water into the rivers that were being mined. Niche. Yeah. Good though. Before John Studebaker, do you know him? No. I don't know him. He built one of America's great automobile fortunes. So before that, he manufactured wheelbarrows for gold rush miners. And two entrepreneurial bankers named Henry Wells and William Fargo moved west to open an office in San Francisco. An enterprise that soon grew to become one of America's premier banking institutions. Yeah. That's not the one you're kicking yourself over. Are no. you ready? I, is it another bank in one? No. Is it Goldman Sachs? No. <laughs> is it NatWest? No. It's nationwide. <laughs> Mr. Nick, Mr. Santander? No. Um, is it cars? No. Business? Um, I'm going to tell you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you want to I don't think I'm going to kick myself over it. You will. From the gold rush? Yeah. Is it films? No. Nah, that won't make any sense. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you or are you carrying I just on don't, guessing? No, I don't have any clue. Okay, so I'll tell you. Yeah, go on. One of the biggest mercantile success stories was that mercantile. of Levi Strauss. Ah. A German-born tailor, yeah, Strauss yeah. arrived in San Francisco in 1850 with plans to open a store selling canvas tarps and wagon coverings to the miners. After hearing that sturdy work pants, ones that could withstand punishing 16-hour days regularly, were put in by miners, um, so he realised that they were more in demand, so he shifted gears, opened a store in downtown San Francisco that would eventually become a manufacturing empire, producing Levi's denim jeans. Mm. You're kicking yourself. I'm not kicking you myself. Are. I'm you should have had that. Yeah. No, I shouldn't. It's a tough one to think. It is when I said it, but... Yeah. Now that I've said it, you with know. Ha- obviously, with hindsight. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. Not mine, i got bad eyes. Your hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> it wasn't long before the surface gold that drew so many to California was all but gone, and independent miners were forced to take on wage labour in larger industry operations. So that tends to be what happened. With... $81 million worth of gold extracted from the earth in 1852 alone, the gold rush had reached its peak, gradually declining in subsequent years to around $45 million by 1857. Still nothing to... What it's still a lot. Shake a stick out somewhere. I don't know. What's the saying? <laughs> I don't know. In total, more than £750,000 of gold were mined during the rush. Um, 
And just another point about an unusual delicacy that emerged from the gold rush. So, and this delicacy is an omelette cooked in bacon fat and topped with fried oysters. That is not for me at all. I'd give it a go. No, you would not. <laughs> um, so this is supposedly what one lucky miner ordered when he sauntered into an eatery and realised he could order absolutely anything on the menu. Um, the name came from its town of origin, known for its frontier-style justice. So you can still find the dish at restaurants in San Francisco. What's it called? Sorry. I can't remember. Oh. It doesn't say it. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Just search for omelette. Cooked in bacon fat. Topped with fried topped oysters. With fried I'll oysters. have a look. See where we can, if we can order it. Did, did you reckon they do them in Tesco's? Oh, no. Omelette. <laughs> I'm just... Uh... Cooked in bacon grease. Oh, bacon not bacon facts. Fact. <laughs> facts about bacon. Topped with fried oyster. Um... In this classic Hangtown Fry. Hangtown. Yeah. Hang Apparently it's fry. the first Californian cuisine. Mm-hmm. Oh. I guess San Francisco. No, sorry, California was quite new. No, well, as a state. Yeah, so Hangtown Fry, that was one of the first cuisines and that emerged out of the gold rush. Mm. So that Doesn't was my good, report. To be honest. No. On the Californian Gold Rush. Very good. Um, just a side note. Yeah. I'll just carry on a minute. Um, so. <laughs> so that wasn't your report. <laughs> no, it was my report on California. Oh. So we've talked about the Californian gold rush, but it wasn't actually the first. Did you know that? Yes. I think yeah. th- maybe this is why I'm bringing. This is might be why I um thought we'd done a topic on it because I think I have notes on my phone or on my laptop. You know when you come up with ideas for the podcast and it was like the first gold rush? Where is it? I don't know. Whereabouts in America? Is it like in the middle? To be honest, I'm not sure. Is it a town or is it a a, a state that you've got the name of? It's a state. Ohio. No, (laughs) it's one of them ones where it's got a pair. Oh, South Carolina. The other one. North Carolina. Yes. So, the honour of the first gold rush belongs... Mm. North Carolina. This was 50 years before gold was discovered at Sutter's uh, Mill and it was the first gold rush in American history. It got underway after a 17 pound gold nugget was found in Cabarrus County. Um, Big nugget that, isn't it? (laughs) Eventually more than 30,000 people in the Tar Heel State were mining for gold and for more than 30 years all gold coins issued by the US Mint were produced using North Carolina gold. That's cool. Yeah. So that is the end of my that report now. That is the end now. of your report. Going back to money, did you know when just before we were born, there was there was still one pound notes in England in circulation? Really? I think I'd like out. notes better than change me. Because mm. when you go abroad, they tend to have more notes than us. Do they? They have one dollar notes. Yeah, they do. But anyway, yeah. That's my report on money in England. <laughs> Great. Thank Great you. report. Good report. Good report about a topic I've heard of and know little bits about, but not a lot about. It was a bit all over the place, but it's quite hard to structure because I try to do it chronologically mainly, but it's a bit tough yeah. sometimes. No, it is. You did a good job. So I did it in sections. So I had my numbers of people moving. Yeah. 
my numbers of non-native americans yeah. immigrants women yeah cost of things eggs uh, and delicacies then, and business people who did pretty well from the gold rush yeah um how did you where did you come across this why 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 this week so i was on atlas obscura actually all oh, right okay. um there is um, oh, that was just nice. Northeast, I will tweet this link as well. Northeast of Las Vegas, there's rock formations, and it's become um, what's it called? The, the Gold Butts National Monument. Yeah, so it's become a monument, like it's pr- it's protected. So within this area, there's these rock formations, and these um, there is actually a, a ghost town which was abandoned after the gold rush. Right. So then I just did a bit of, a bit of research. A bit of you research. just came across that. Interesting. I um I drove through a, a ghost town. Did you? Yeah. And then we drove through another town, which was might as well have been a ghost town. <laughs> um, I think there's quite a few from the gold rush ghost towns. Yeah. And they used to house like a couple of thousand people and now there's no one living there anymore. We drove from, I can't remember if it was Los Angeles, maybe up to Vegas. Um, and then maybe maybe it was from Vegas to Yosemite as well, might not be, but um, through the desert, and yeah, we passed one ghost town, and we passed, um, and we stopped in a town, and it was when we nearly ran out of petrol. Yeah. So we pulled into someone's ranch, and he came out with a gun. Oh and, my god! And we were like, "Do you know where?" I should I should back up. We had a hundred miles left. We were leaving this last town, like to go into the desert. And we were like, oh, we'll have enough petrol to get us oh, to where we're going. No. But then it was just open desert for ages. So we ended up with like 20 miles left pulling into a ranch and being like, please help petrol. us. And he counted his gun like, we're just looking for some, some uh, what do they call it? Gas. Give us some gas. And uh, he said, there's one like eight miles that way. So we pulled up in this like tiny town. It was like three houses. And on the door of the... Um, petrol station was just a sign being like guns welcome and i was oh, just walking wow. around with the guns and i was like oh my god <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> um, but we got petrol and oh, we good. survived and left good but it was, it's weird because it's just like in the middle of nowhere and these people just live here and they all know each other all chatting in the shop like you're right dave you're right yeah there's only like five people yeah in there, each there was area. like no one in this town there's probably like 30 people who live there it's hard to think of because we live in quite a large town yeah i'm like pe- how many people? 22,000 people in... No, I think there's 22,000 young people. In Oldham. No? I always get this wrong. No, I Look think there's 22,000 young people. But in this town, there was... Five. <laughs> yeah, well, we were the young people. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess you can't really live there if you've got... There's 200 and... In 2015, there was essentially 231,000 people living in Oldham. In Royton, though, I think there's 22,000 people. Royton? Matt's town? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, this is where I live. It's 2.7... Yeah, 22,000 yeah, 22, people. Yeah, 22,000. Interesting. Shaw, <laughs> town. 21,000. 21, 2.75 million people in Manchester, though, overall. You're joking, million? That's what I just said, goodbye. <gasps> wow. Back and back, back. Sorry about this, listeners. In Greater Manchester, sorry. Wow. Half a million in the centre of Manchester. That is a, a lot. Well, anyway, that's anyway, massive compared to your little town that you is. drove through. But um, where can you find us? We'll, we'll come back with a report next week, but we'll do a little yes. plug in. Stick with us. <laughs> you can find us 
at Idiots Talk History on Twitter. You can tw- uh, send us a tweet. Tell us if you've got any new facts, anything we missed out of the Californian Gold Rush. Tell us a bit more about the North Carolina Gold Rush. Is our Twitter not at Idiot History Pod? That's what I said, isn't it? Nope, you said okay. at Idiots Talk History. Well, search for Idiots I Talk think... History. You'll find us. Uh, it is at Idiot History Pod, sorry. Uh, you can send us an email at, at idiothistorypod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Idiots Talk History. And Idiots Talk History. Yeah, and you can, uh, we'll post some pictures. There'll be pictures up. We'll have posted some stuff from uh, pigeons from last yes. week. Some other animals as well from World War One. Just then, a few links. Yeah, a couple of links. For, for more reading, further research. Aww. You look at the bottom of... Um, when we're at uni and they'd give oh, you yeah. like 15 books to read and it was like further research if you finish those i was like never get into them i didn't even read the 15 <laughs> i think i read one that was a week it was horrible anyway um, yeah it's seminars oh, okay. they used to give you loads they used to be like right i expect you read this chapter of this book this article this mm. article i don't know how much time you think we had and it was slow reading them because they're boring Anyway, this is not boring. This is fun. <laughs> so come back next week and we'll have a new report. I'll do one for we once, will. I think. And um, yeah, we'll speak to you now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I said spy then, I think. Spy. Bye. Bye.